Welcome, and it is time for Mac Geek Gab. Today, we are doing a lot of cool stuff found, so we're starting off with cool stuff found from listener Andrew, who in our Discord told us about this free uh, little app menu bar item called Reminders Menu Bar. We'll put a link in the show notes. It's hosted over at GitHub. It's a simple little menu bar app to view and interact with your reminders. You can get everything happens in the menu bar. You can keep everything in sync with Apple reminders. You can create new reminders in your chosen list. You can mark reminders as completed or uncompleted. You can rename them. All that stuff. This is why that is cool stuff found. And this is what you're going to hear. More cool stuff found. More quick tips. <laughs> Whatever Pete's doing over there, we're probably going to need to stop, but that's okay. Uh, more quick tips like this. Your questions answered. More cool stuff found here on Mac Geek Gab 954 for Monday, November 7th, 2022. And welcome to Mac Geek Gab, the show where indeed you send in your cool stuff found, your quick tips, your questions. We try to answer your questions. We share your quick tips. We share your cool stuff found. The goal is that we each learn at least five new things every single time we get together. Sponsors for this episode include ZocDoc, where you can go to ZocDoc.com slash MGG. You sign up for free there. It is. You sign up for free. You download their app, and then that's the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. You can do this today. We'll talk more in depth about that in a little bit. For now, here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Fairfield, Connecticut, this is John of Braun. Hey, greetings from Glendale, Arizona. It's Pilot Pete. Good to be back. That's good to have you back, Pete. Yeah, we yeah. missed you last week. Yeah, man. Yeah. Although, well, although. <laughs> I would have rather been here than where I was. Well, so. you know. <laughs> you know, I was on my back for four days after that. I had a bad reaction to the anesthesia. It was it was ugly. That's not so, good. That's yeah, not good, no. man. Well, I'm glad you're back. Good. It's good. Yeah, it's good to have you back. We have a ton of cool stuff found, as promised last week. Let's, uh, but we're, we've got a couple of quick tips that I, I think are, are going to be important. In fact, one if we weren't doing cool stuff found today, this would have been my opening quick tip because this blew me away. Mr. Jeff Wilson on Twitter tells us in response to last week's episode, facepalm guys in the wallet app on the iPhone, you can rearrange your credit and loyalty cards by simply holding down on the card until it expands and then move it around to where you want it. The card in the front is your default card. I wish I had known this years ago, like talk. Okay. So here's one new thing I've learned today already. Like this is uh, amazing. I don't, uh, thanks for making the sound. Pe <laughs> that sounds not, that sounds not going to work. We got to get a better sound. Cause that, yeah. I, that it's got too much resonance in it with the yeah. idea. And this, this goes, goes yeah, it goes, it goes too long. I, I, I think maybe the magical bell every time we learn something, you know, it's like that, that, um, that arcade score sound has uh, it's got too much like mid range resonance. It, it interferes yeah. with where speech lives. Um, it, anyway, 
Uh, but this is why it's an experiment. It's fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, I wish I'd known this years ago. So uh, it, that, no. like amazing. Now, here's the thing that bugs me, Dave. Okay. Uh, you can rearrange your cards on the phone. Right. But on the watch, you can only rearrange your credit cards. It does not, or at least I haven't figured it out yet, but I, I can't rearrange my loyalty cards. Oh. I got a question. I wonder if the loyalty cards mirror what's on the phone. And you know, that's another annoyance is that when I first set up my watch, all I saw was credit cards. I mean, you have to go, you have to go through the dance of putting in the CCV for each of your cards again. And yes. it's like, yeah. oh man. Yeah. Um, but no, the, the loyalty cards, like, you know, my local grocery store has a barcode that they scan. Uh, those did not appear immediately. And that's some, one of the weird things that I found about the watch experience is that not everything is put on the watch immediately <laughs> and that it, it, it background updates. Yes. Like, yeah. For example, I was yeah. like, where are my loyalty cards? And then, you know, I checked like a day or two later and it's like, Oh, now they're there now. That that's nice. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, but you can't. But I, so your uh, loyalty cards on your watch don't match the order that you've put them in on your phone. They don't mirror correct. that. Interesting. Yes. Huh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. As uh, Kiwi Graham in the chat at live.macgeekup.com, I said that right, points out, uh, the watch sync has always been slow, but these days it's really fast compared to what we used to have to deal with. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Yeah. And one other point about that quick tip is you do not need your phone with you to use Apple Pay. You can, regardless of whether you have any, what kind of watch you have, you don't have to have a cellular watch. That little token rides with you in the watch, so you yeah. can use Apple Pay without your phone. And just, just the same is true of the phone is that the token lives on the phone. So as long as your phone has power, it does not need a data connection for no you to use Apple right. Pay. Yeah. 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 No, it's an important thing to remember. Yeah. Because it, because it's easy for, any of us to assume that it's got to like talk to the cloud. Nope. The, the machine that you, that you tap it on is the one that talks to the cloud, you know, via. Yeah. Via and I, I noticed that when, when I used Apple pay on the watch, uh, as you pointed out, Dave, the, uh, virtual ID is different. And I actually verified this and that, you know, you can, you can see the virtual ID on the watch. Um, and when I looked at my receipt, the last four digits of my, ID was also on the receipt. So uh, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Hey, Pete, we ran into an interesting thing this week that uh, that became a quick tip. You texted me and you're like, hey, can I delete all this stuff, uh, all the Mac Geek Gab agendas in the Google Drive? Because I'm running out of space. Yeah. You mind if I erase MacGeekGab.com? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, we have a shared shared folder on Google Drive that we were using, and I was like, "Well, geez, I'm I'm banging my head against a 30 gigabyte limit," and out of nowhere, it's like. But I went in there, and the main thing that was in my Google Drive was all these MGGs dating back hundreds of shows. Sure, I'm like, well, could that be it? Doesn't seem like it. You know, text yeah. doesn't take up that much data, but right. So start and but I could not figure out what it was, and I finally it didn't even occur to me to log. I thought I was logged in on my drive. It, I would go in and hit manage, and nothing was coming up. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Finally, I I don't know how I got there, 
but I, I think it was you who said, Hey, go back and check photos. And I did, I checked my Google photos Yeah, and it somehow still, and I still haven't, I've been too busy to go in and figure out how to turn it off. But every photo I take on my telephone works with Google photos and it's uploading it to the cloud and stuff that I delete off my phone. Guess where it stays? Uh, on Google photos. On Google photos. So even though it's yeah. off my iCloud. Yeah, I mean, there's receipts and all kinds of stuff that I just don't need. So literally gigabytes and gigabytes of photos are taking up all this space on my Google Drive. So, and and you the, the quick tip is you found that out by going to one.google.com, O-N-E.google.com yes. slash storage. And you can see it, it Google calls everything your drive. And that includes your Gmail, which is where I thought your storage was being used, you, you know, yeah. but uh, when but I, I would turn my Gmail off months ago. Sure. And when well, I, I thought, well, maybe people are still sending stuff to that and they're not sorry to mean to interrupt. No, you're totally fine. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. But that's, that's the quick tip is, is visit one.google.com slash storage. It's linked in the show notes and you will, it will tell you where on your quote unquote Google drive, your storage is being used. And one of the categories is Google Drive. And then there's Gmail and then there's photos. And it turns out I, too, have nine gigs of photos on my Google Drive that I I don't like. like, I know I put them out there. I know it was me, uh, but I don't remember when or why or. Yeah, looks like you were smart enough to turn it off at some point. Evidently. (laughs) Happy accident. You know what? It's a uh, it's not a mistake. Yeah. It's a happy accident, Pete. So, there you go. Yeah, there you go. I'm wearing my Bob oh, Ross I, shirt today. I brought so. my don't get caught shirt. Um, I forgot to put it on before the show. If you oh. want a don't get caught shirt like Pete didn't wear today, you can go to macgeekup.com slash merch and get your own for sure. All right, one last quick tip before we move into the realm of cool stuff found. Uh, lawyer Jeff sends this one in, and I swear I will find it. Uh, it says, one thing Apple hasn't mentioned was that if you move your iCloud photos to a shared photo library, then you won't be able to see those photos on an iPhone or iPod touch with iOS 16 or earlier, not on an iPad with iOS 15 or earlier, or not on a Mac with Mac OS Monterey or earlier, or not on an Apple TV with TV OS 15 or earlier, or on a PC with iCloud for windows 13 or earlier. So essentially, you need to be running Apple's operating systems as of fall 2022 in order to participate or even see the photos in a shared photo library. So be very careful if you move your stuff over. It's kind of like when reminders changed a number of years ago. You can migrate to the new version, but once you do, any devices that either aren't or can't run the current OSs will not be able to see them. So bear this in mind. Yeah. 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 So we've got a 2013 iMac that mom is using. Yeah. And she won't play with Ventura. So yeah. Yeah. It's just, and, how, it's, it's how it'd be. Yeah. Darn it. Got to get a new iMac now. Well, uh, Pete, <laughs> Apple has a solution for you. Don't they? Do they? Oh, that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know, Battleship was that fun game that we played when we were kids, right? Well, as an adult, Calendar Battleship is the frustrating game we play with our doctors trying to find when we're both free for an appointment in like three months or whatever. Well, with our sponsor, ZocDoc, booking an appointment with a doctor that suits your needs, fits your schedule, is in your network, and is in your neighborhood is easy. 
ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. I've used ZocDoc. It's fantastic. It's exactly like I just said. You go online and you look and you find your doctor and then you book the appointment and you can see what other people have thought about your doctor so that you can pick with a little bit of knowledge. And it's fantastic. It's just as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house. You search, find, and book doctors with a few taps. And reading those verified patient reviews from real people who made real appointments, now when you walk into that doctor's office, you're all set to see someone in your network who gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com MGG and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash M-G-G, ZocDoc.com slash M-G-G. And our thanks to ZocDoc for sponsoring this episode. All right. It is time for Cool Stuff Found. Steve Hammond starts us off. He says, uh, for those looking at a replacement uh, for Lightroom, Raw power looks very cool and is very affordable. And I, I, that's fantastic. I, I love things like this. Uh, the raw power, it's from gentlemancoders.com. And uh, it looks really to be, there's a lot of people in the, in the discord that commented on, on this post from Steve Hammond. Uh, I, I can't remember if it was Steve or someone else who taught Photoshop for years and said, oh, yeah, you know, this is like this is a thing. It's got this whole photos library browser, a lot like what Lightroom had. So thank you for that, Steve. I know a lot of people are looking for things like this. And like my guess is that's why Gentleman Coders makes it. So fun stuff. Have either of you tried it? I'm, I've never been a Lightroom person. So uh, this was not for me. I have not. I use uh, Acorn by Flying Meat. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think, I think a little different. This is more for yeah. organizing your photos, not editing your photos. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, well, I just, I let go and let photos a long time ago. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Speaking of things that are for me though, I have been happy that with Ventura having been released, if you go to Amazon and search for continuity camera mount, you can finally find all kinds of continuity camera mounts. And I've got two that, uh, that, I've, that I've gotten and am happy with. The first one is from PowRig. And, and again, the link is in the show notes. Both of the ones that I'm going to mention today leverage the idea of using a tripod mount on top of uh, a tripod mount that can hold your phone. I don't know why this didn't exist before continuity camera, but uh, now it does. So thank goodness for that. This power rig one sort of takes the design idea that many webcams use where you've got the webcam that sort of cantilevers on top of the monitor. And then you, you, you control the angle of the, uh, the, the sort of the back of it to sit against your monitor and, uh, and sit at the right angle, you know, depending on the thickness of your monitor, like most Logitech webcams kind of have this thing. And then you would pop your iPhone into the uh, somehow I'm, I'm, I'm showing this on my uh, on, on our uh, on our live stream here. 
But uh, you pop your iPhone into the into the uh, just like a little friction grip. This one doesn't use MagSafe. There certainly are some on Amazon that use MagSafe, and and that's fine. Uh, the other one that I've been looking at is from I don't even know what the brand is. It's but it's bendable. Kind of takes the same uh, idea using a grip tripod mount for your phone, a, a pressure you know a pressure grip I, uh, tripod mount. And it um, you can adjust the angle because the the back of it isn't just a hinge. In fact, it's not a hinge. It's just a very adjustable piece of rubber that's clearly got some metal in it or whatever. And you just sort of bend it to the way you want. And it it holds that way. And then you can kind of sit your uh, your phone in it. But really what I'm here to point out is that just go to Amazon and search for continuity camera mount. Certainly you see the Belkin one. I'm not sold on the idea of a non-adjustable angle for these things. And I know that our webcams that are built into our Macs are not adjustable with the angle, but that's always sort of driven me crazy. So Sure they are. Just <laughs> flip your yeah, change <laughs> the, the angle, angle of your screen, right? Exactly. Which which is what I found myself doing after I used continuity. I would grab my in my laptop and start moving it and go, "Oh yeah, it's not working." It's not working. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cuz yeah. it's a different camera. <laughs> Cuz it's different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't know. But uh, the good news is uh, yesterday when we prepped the show, the uh, two mounts that I talked about were not available on Amazon. As of today, they are available on Amazon. So uh, but again, there's just tons of them. Clearly, lots of cottage industry uh, innovation happening here. And I love that. That's that's fan freaking tastic. So, yeah. Dave, what's your crystal ball say for uh, the ability to zoom and and change profile to portrait and that kind of thing. Well, what do you think? Uh, I think Apple will introduce that in a year or two. Cause right now, yeah, we were having this conversation pre-show. The, the issue with continuity camera is that you just get whatever your phone sees. You don't have the ability to zoom or, or do really do anything with, uh, with the camera. Uh, however, apps like reincubates camo, or shoot, which work totally fine with these types of mounts on any Mac, not just Macs running Ventura, uh, do allow you to do Zoom and all kinds of things. And so here in the studio, I haven't updated to Ventura yet for, you know, for reasons that I've explained in previous shows. I will eventually. Uh, but I'm I'm still at the moment using Reincubate's camo. But uh, but shoot, which we've mentioned on the show a couple times is is, you know, another one. So, yeah, that's that's the uh, I think that's your answer, because you can do all of that right now uh, with those. Yeah. Yeah. So but who knows? Maybe it's possible for a third party to tap into the continuity camera stream and and tell the phone, because the idea is you want the phone to be doing the hard work here. The the, the iPhone is great at that heavy lifting. And that's what like reincubates camo. If I want to use a, a like a, a portrait mode, like a, the bokeh view with the blurred background, yeah. it does that for me. The phone does it, you know, and the zoom yeah. happens on device. And so I'm getting the, the best the phone can deliver. I'm not taking like a lot of times with webcams, you know, you, you, you get whatever the webcam sees and then you're just doing sort of 
on-computer digital zoom, which is generally not nearly as good as what the phone can do. Again, it's leveraging all the smarts that the uh, sure. the crazy math programmers in in Cupertino and beyond um, do. Yeah, so, and where it is, there's a pretty good camera in that phone. So that's what I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even old phones, it's like better than your right. webcam. So, all right, John, keep us moving along, would you please? Uh, Graham has something for us. Okay. So we were uh, talking about uh, how to control your monitor a while back. Um, anyway, so Graham says, I had a few spare minutes while waiting for a backup to happen. Uh, so I decided to browse through setup offerings, which keep expanding. Yes, they do. Yeah. Um, I came across Display Buddy, which seems to answer the question that I had a few weeks ago about using keyboard keys to control brightness on an external monitor. Uh, there's probably a lot of different outcomes depending on which Mac you have, which monitor you have, and which connection method you have chosen. But at least for me, with my M1 MacBook Air and my USB-C connected Dell 27-inch 4K monitor, this app seems to recognize and control the monitor quite fine. Uh, it mentions it tries to use the DDC uh, slash CI communication protocol, but I see in its preferences it has a couple of other options as well, which is neat. Um Full adjustment options are available via its menu bar icon, but you can assign keyboard shortcuts and you can tell it to use the standard keyboard brightness keys uh, operate the, the, to operate on all displays simultaneously, which is my favorite. And yeah, I checked it out and um, I like it. It's um, It offers more... So we mentioned um, another package a while ago, monitor settings. Yep. Uh, and that works. But um, this works better. <laughs> um, the thing I like is that you can select the protocol that you use to chat with your screen. And as mentioned, there's DDC slash CI, which is some sort of standard. But then it also has Apple Display Protocol and Software Control. And depending on which one you pick, you may get more or less options. Like, for example, when I had it set up one way, all I could do is set the brightness. When I chose another protocol, oh, now I can set the brightness, the contrast, and the volume. So, um, cool. so there we go. Cool. Fun stuff. This, I love, I love, this is what I love about Cool Stuff Found episodes. And that's available in Setup. I like it. Cool. Uh, all right. Ral 65 in our discord, I believe suggested, it says I've been working on a project for a company and needed to provide 180 PDF documents with customer contract terms. The PDF files weren't named descriptively enough. So I went on a hunt for a tool that would let me automatically rename each PDF based on specific content from within the file. He said, I considered using Python, but assumed I would spend too much time figuring that out. So I found a tool called PDF Zone. I can't say enough positive about it. It worked flawlessly. It also has the ability to extract content from PDF files, statements, invoices, and the like. And I built a C and build a CSV file with the information that you need. They have a limited free version and a paid pro version for 40 bucks, and you can get the limited free version in the Mac App Store. Thanks for that, Rawl605 in Discord. That's pretty cool. That's, that is cool. I was going to say, you know, Hazel will do the rename for you, but I don't think she'll extract to uh, yeah. CSV. 
right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. I like it. That's slick. Yeah, slicker than a mouse's ear, as my friend Sid Rich used to like to say. So I wonder what happened to Sid Rich. I hope he's all right. I hope he's good. Um, Rob sends in a fantastic CSF for us. He says, uh, you were having a discussion about Synology and security. He says, I offer the following, and this is a the IP block list from Marius Hosting. I, I keep meaning we got to get Marius uh, on the uh, on the show here. Marius is like you think we're nuts about Synology? No, no. Marius takes it to a whole other level. In fact, I believe MariusHosting.com is hosted on his DS fifteen twenty two plus. Uh, the actual website is hosted there, but um, but it's for blocking IPs. This list is for blocking IPs of all those bad actors that are trying to, uh, you know, hack into your Synology. You can just have it block these IPs and you can keep this list up to date and all of that. So um, you just add the list and and Marius takes care of the rest for you, which is pretty cool. Oh, I'm stoked to try that. Uh-huh. Yep. I know. Thank you, Rob. Thanks for the heads looks up. Like, so in the screen that you have up on our live stream yeah. shows that uh, this it looks like there's an app for the Synology to make this work. Yeah, you use that what I'm reading there. Well, you go into control panel security protection yeah. and then you can import the block list in there uh, from, you know, direct from Marius. So, yeah. Nice. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, it's all built. The the functionality is or the framework is built into the Synology and then you just import the list that Mary makes. Yeah. He, he has makes. the list that, yeah. Yeah. I guess he's gotten a few state bad, bad actors and that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Nice. Hey, uh, if speaking of the live stream, if you're watching the live stream, you might have noticed that, uh, that my, uh, my video image is backlit and my purple walls look a whole lot more purple and that is because I am running the. You mean e- you say purpler? They are purpler. <laughs> I, I you mean to say purpler? If there was never a title, uh, that's it. That's the title of the show for so so far anyway. Uh, but yeah, it it's I'm using the Eve Light Strip. Its list price is eighty bucks. Uh, you can get it on Amazon for sixty. We've got a link in the show notes, or at least it's sixty as of this moment. You know how those things are on Amazon. Fully home kit compliant. I literally set it up in the studio this morning before recording the show, and I was kind of running late, but it didn't matter. It took all of five minutes to set it up because, you know, it's home kit. You plug it in, you scan the QR code, you're good to go. And of course, because it's home kit, I can control it from all of my devices. I can turn it off. I can turn it on. Uh, I can change the colors of it. And even better, I can have it automated so that when my podcasting focus mode turns on, those lights turn on with the color that I want. And when my podcasting focus mode turns off, well, guess what? The lights turn off. So, yeah, pretty stoked about it. That's a you might even say purplest. <laughs> those are the purplest walls I've ever seen. They are the purplest walls <laughs> you've ever seen. That's right. <laughs> so. I like it. Hmm. Thanks, Pete. Yeah. See that? Okay, yeah. that sound effect I liked. That was good. That was good. There That's you good. go. Yeah, there you go. Fun. Anyway. So, yeah, it's good. To, I mean, it, it, as soon as these showed up, I was like, these would be perfect for a backlight for the, you know, because you, you want to have that three-point lighting thing going on. And 
and to have something soft and, and warm lighting my purple walls. I never thought about, I, I thought I would want them like red or something. And that's what I set them to when I first turned it on. I'm like, okay, yeah, that looks good. Like, I, I wonder, does the purple actually make it more purple and make it more better? Yes. It's, it's purpler. It's purpler. So anyway, uh, yeah, fun stuff. All right, John, what are you taking us to next? Uh, I'm going to take us to um, Patrick. All right. Um, and Patrick points out that this site from Apple verifies the ports of incoming and outgoing mail servers. Evidently, the re- reinstall had changed mine. So I changed them to what this site says, and it works great now. Never knew about this. And uh, we'll link to it. It's support.apple.com slash mail. Yeah. Um, the neat part about it is that it doesn't know about just Apple, like your Mac.com or iCloud.com, um, but it'll give you settings for other mail servers. Not all. Um, most, most that I tried, it would, it would give the settings. For example, I have a, a yahoo.com okay. email. And so, you know, I punched in my address and it's like, oh yeah, okay. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's uh IMAP and it's on this port and here's the, uh, the address of the server. So it's a handy tool if, if you're having, uh, problems with your email, if you can even find where to set these settings up, which Apple keeps moving it. <laughs> around within mail it's true it's true yeah well it's cool I, I mean when you find a mail server with which it works it's great because not only does it tell you what ports to use but it tells you what your username would be like it knows the formula of okay here's how you should go about this uh, i'm finding that it only works with what i would call the very very major you know, publicly traded email providers. Mm-hmm. I, I tried it with my fast mail addresses fail. Mm-hmm. I tried it with no. a mail route address fail, you know, so huh. they don't have much in there, but the ones that they have super handy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder, you know, you, you said you, that correctly, that Apple keeps moving and obscuring where to adjust these things. That the flip side of that, though, is mail.app on all of our devices tends to just get it right nowadays. And so I wonder if support.apple.com slash mail is using the same sort of knowledge pool that mail is so that when you put an email address in, it's like, ah, I know what to do. I'm going to go get the the, I'm going to fetch the right settings and take care of this for you. My guess is yes, but, you know. You know what happens when we when we assume, Pete, things oh, get boy. things get more less purpler. Yes, <laughs> things get less purpler. Yep. Yeah. If we assume, then they, they get all weird yeah. and it's not like, yeah, absolutely. No. We got to get back into more purpler um, mode. John, uh, you know, I don't. Oh, go ahead, if, I was going to say it. If you want to stay on mail. Then, then oh, go yeah. John. Yeah. No, no, no. Stay on mail. Do, do Tell us about yeah. your mail thing, please, Pete. Yeah. Thank you. Oh no, no, mine was mine isn't mail. Mine's messages, but it has to do with the new system. No, you have that, a you have a mail thing from uh from DuckDuckGo. Oh, that I do, that I do. So yeah, let me stay on that then. All right. Uh I'm I'm so full of knowledge today, everyone. <laughs> yes. You know, here we go. Full so, of something. No, uh, yeah. So DuckDuckGo has uh got, come out of beta and opened it to everybody to get an at duck.com personal email. And you so mine is uh 
Uh, well, I, I won't say mine because uh, I actually want to use it to keep. I want to be able to keep that one. But you can get. Let me back up. Your ad, it forwards address. You get the email address at duck.com and it forwards to your personal email. So you don't Got have it. to set up any new servers or anything like that. And the way to get it is you go download the DuckDuckGo browser on your iPhone, um, possibly on your iPad as well. I'm assuming it works on all iOS type devices. Sure. And then go to the ellipses, the three dots at the bottom right and go settings and then email protection uh, down near the bottom and then go to get started next, accept the terms, choose your at duck.com address and it'll tell you, no, that one's taken or yeah, you're good to go. Yep. Uh, and then put in the address to forward it to your personal email and then use that address when filling out forms. Um, but the other cool thing about this is you can generate infinite uh, random addresses at duck.com, you know, bcbd or, you know, yeah. KLV at duck.com and fill that out with your email. And then when you notice you're getting spammed at that email address, just turn it off. Nice. Yeah. And then the other cool thing about the at duck.com, when someone forwards you, as you know, when you click on a link in your email, if you open that link and really look at it and go, well, what's in there? And you see the question mark and all that, all that string of stuff, that's tracking you. That's uh, making, see where are you going? What are you buying? Those kinds of things. The at duck.com strips all that out before it forwards it to you. It just gives you the working link. Huh. So it makes it much harder to track you. Um, so that's I, cool. Yeah. I started using that. And then there is a way to get it to appear to come back from, like I could send mine back from my at duck.com email address, but you need an SPF record on your server. And I don't have one ah. uh, right now. So it that. SPF isn't the worst thing. I mean, it's you don't put the SPF record on your server. You put the SPF record in your DNS. Um, I mean, it would be in your DNS server. It's not on your mail server. Yeah. It's in. Yeah. It's okay. in your. It's on your DNS server. And there are wizards like like little templating things that will create your SPF record for you. Because if you screw it up. Okay. You can essentially block people from being able to send you mail. Never get mail again. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> ish, uh, you know, yeah. uh, but I've used SPF wizard.net before to create mine. I never create them from scratch. I, I always let a, an engine do it because, you know, cause I'll screw it up. Right. I'll fat finger something. And so uh, SPF wizard is a, a great little tool. You just kind of okay. put in, you know, your domain and, um, it you know it as soon as you start doing that it starts filling out you know and it says you know do you want your outgoing mail servers to, or your incoming mail servers to be able to send mail and if you say yes then it adds the right things to that and you know yeah there's yeah, all okay so i may i may be able to figure this out you can figure it out pete i get, yeah yeah you no know, this isn't it it is somewhat voodoo but there are people out there who will walk you through the voodoo and help you get it right. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And then you just add it as a TXT record in your DNS. TXT is, has become, and it's fantastic. It's become this catch all for these sorts of things. It's not a, you're, you know, there's not an SPF type of record. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a TXT record and you just add, you know, that and, and, uh, and, okay. and, and mail servers know how to look for it. So, yeah. and, 
Jeez, I, I hate to ask the stupid question, but no, no the, questions the, are the stupid TXT here. Record, yeah, just stupid questioners. I know. Uh, so the TXT. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it, it's it, it's not stupid questioners. It's less purple questioners because there you go. We're all full of purple in our own ways, yeah. and we're just going to yeah. share the purple with each other. I don't know where yeah. this is going, so, but yeah. So no, I'm just wondering, where's that text record? Is that at my server, or is that on my? Yeah, that it's, has to be at my server. It's at my host. My it's a DNS record. So just like you would, um, if you have your own yeah. domain, which which you do, otherwise yeah. you can't do this, right? Right. Um, you would go in, uh, just like you would to point to your web page or to your mail server, right? If you want, yeah, I was just thinking the wrong thing. Okay, yeah. I'm trying to think what no, DNS server am I using to get out to the world? I have to go to my to my server host. I yes. use just host. I okay. Yes. Just host. Your, com, your DNS my domain host. and put in DNS records. Correct. A, a Cor- text record. In D- yeah. Correct. Gotcha. That's it. Ex- no, that's okay. a, that was I'm a back great, now. I was gone for a while. <laughs> no, that was a great question because I'm sure yeah. th- honestly. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, obviously Pete's been doing the show with us for a very long time, but not since the beginning. Pete uh, started as, you know, I, I say quote unquote, just a listener that I like, you know, us here where we embrace all of you, you know, we're part of the same thing. And Pete, you suggested coming on the show because it was before we had any sort of uh, live stream happening while we were recording. And what would happen is we would say stuff and we would say stuff like that. And we would and think it made perfect sense to you. And it made perfect sense to us. Right. But yeah. then we would get lots of questions from people who would say, uh, you got to explain that better. And it was like, crap. Yes, we do have to explain that better. Having you here, you were our first real time feedback engine, right? Like, I'm, yeah, you were, you were a living a community dunce, a living, breathing. <laughs> yeah. But like, this is super important because sometimes John and I forget to ask these questions of each other and it's really important. So no, it, it's, and obviously, you, you know, your role here has evolved into f- far more, but yeah. I, I very much appreciate this. It's great. And and the same for everybody at live.macgeekab.com who does the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Discord. Yeah. In Discord. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. John, let's talk about uh, charging stations. Shall we? We shall. Great. Um. So, yeah. So once I got my Apple Watch, which yeah. does come with the charger, but as far as I can tell, it's proprietary. Right. Yes. Yes. And that it's not chi. Well, it's kind of chi, but it you can't use a chi charger to charge your watch. Not you have to use apples. Right. You have to use the little puck. That's right. So um, I decided to explore some options, um, and I'll give you my favorite once I talk about these two. So the first one that was mentioned by Kansas Dave um, is the eLogo dual charging station. What is this, you may ask? And I'll tell John, you. John, what is that? <laughs> it's an enclosure, and Dave's putting it up on the screen. It's an enclosure for your existing uh, pucks. So one is the larger one that is MagSafe um, for your phone, and then the smaller one is the one that came with your phone. Now, the thing is- Came with your watch. Had, came with your watch. Uh, came with the watch. Yep. Um I already had one of these um, uh, 
or I actually have two of the larger phone MagSafe chargers. So I'm like, yeah, let, let me try this out. Um, and it works great. Um, you, you know, you, you mount your phone, you can see your phone, um, and, and you can all also see your, your watch. So I like it and it's inexpensive though. Once you add the cost of the <laughs> Apple charger, um, yeah, it's $27 on Amazon naked. Like it, it's a, it's a cool, it's like this triangular design with like a big triangle where the MagSafe for your phone goes and a little triangle sort of suspended off of that for your watch. It's it. I love the design. It's, it's great. 27 bucks and then bring your own puck. It starts to, you know, become less economical, but I mean, it's, it's looks great. I, I, I love the look. Of and it. and I put this one by my nightstand. I'll tell you why in a moment. Okay. So, but then I'm like, you know what? Let me, let me see what else is out there. Sure. And as we discussed, and so I bought one of these two, um, Apple makes something called their MagSafe duo charger. Sure. And it's the same concept, so it has um, two pucks. One is for your phone, like the other one, and then the second one is for your watch. But then you look at this and you're like, "Well, how am I gonna get my watch to like, you know, talk to this?" I mean, you could take your watch off and flip it, flip it around, so you think it can then put it in there. But that's kind of kind of cheesy. Here's the deal. You can take the phone charger and you can push it up. So the watch charger, watch the watch charger. I'm sorry, watch. That's okay. I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, but yeah, you 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 can put up the watch charger at a 90 degree angle, and then you can put your watch on the pad. Um, yeah. So, um, it, you know, it's a little bit. It, it's 129, so it's not cheap. Um. The only problem that I have with it, so my favorite is the one that I mentioned first. Here's the only thing that I learned by doing exhaustive testing. Not too exhaustive, but um, it doesn't do fast charge on the watch. Which one doesn't do fast charge on the watch? Uh, uh, the, the Apple MagSafe oh. Duo Charger, when I read up on it. Interesting. It says, oh, by the way, so w- two weird things. One is that it's a USB-C to Lightning connection hmm. I, I, okay. I was expecting USB-C to USB-C but no yeah so it's old I mean that that it like there will be a new version of this that comes out right that I uh, that I believe solves sure. both of those problems because that's how Apple mm-hmm. is yeah. yeah uh but other than that I mean the, the the design is great and it you know charges the phone at pretty much full power so um My yeah, only- I, I I like the eLogo thing because Using Apple's puck, you will get fast charging. Right, right, because you bring your own puck. That makes sense. Yeah, my issue with the the Apple one is my experience with charging my watch on its side mm. is mixed. It 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 tends to depending on what the band of the watch is doing, it can cause it to sort of fall off of the puck, and it mm. sucks to wake yeah. up. And be like, oh, my watch isn't charged. Cool. Not be charged, yeah. Yeah. Well, that begs the question. You know, you get the two. You one's fast charging, one isn't. Is is one harder on the battery than not? They say that the fast charging is done intelligently, and so the answer is no. 
But I mean, you know, like it, it, it's probably it's probably not a binary answer. It's not yes or no. It's it's it like the amount to which it's terrible for the battery is not going to be noticed by most people uh, over the, right. the predicted longevity of the watch. I don't know. I'm making yeah. it up. I'm making it because I just wanted to state that, you know, a couple of weeks back, we uh, reviewed that $40 one that I bought over Amazon yeah. and it's not a fast charger for the, no. for the Apple watch. It takes hours. Well, whereas the and, puck that came with it and it, you know, I can go from 15% to full in an hour, hour yeah. and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I found at least with Apple's product, it charges the watch at about at least my watch at the level it was at it does about a percent a minute okay yeah yeah okay yeah i'll, I'll have great. to benchmark the the fast charging to see what the difference is yeah there but you go to me the thing is uh, i mean i i can go and i i think you guys would echo this but i can go at least a day on a full charge on the watch sometimes two depends on how much um activity you're tracking like if you do a workout or something that's going to burn more battery only because it's checking your heart rate more frequently and and yeah. you know awake more frequently but yeah, yeah i mean i can sort even with workouts i can get a day in uh, it's just you know two days no but yeah your your point um on the phone side of things pete also stands or your point about battery charging yeah. on the phone side stands if a company doesn't pay Apple to be certified as MagSafe, it can only charge the phone at seven and a half watts, not 15 watts. And you'll gotcha. see it on the phone, like the phone, when you're on a true MagSafe charger, you get the little MagSafe circle that appears on the phone. Yep. Right, right. When you're on a magnetic charger that holds the phone with its MagSafe ring, you don't get the little circle, but you right. save a ton of money. However, I've now got three. Well, I've got one more uh, while we're on the subject of chargers. I've got one more uh, three and one to share. And then I think I've got the final word on these uh, comparing all of them that we've discussed. So mm -hmm. the three and one that I want to share first is a new one to me. It's the anchor three in one cube with MagSafe. And it is a what? Maybe you maybe a two inch cube. It's somewhat heavy. It's heavier than you would think because it has to hold your phone. Why? Because you flip up the top of the cube and now your phone can sit on that. And this is MagSafe. It's also 150 bucks, just like the Belkin one, because you got to pay the MagSafe tax. Oh, man. I just crashed. Okay, mag, un mag unsafe. Mag unsafe. I just crashed my phone into the mixing board. So I think everything's okay. Yeah, sure. Dave, are you still there? Hello. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. Uh, but anyway, yeah, your your phone sits on this, and and if you're not shaking it around, it it uh, it works fine. It's because it's only a two inch cube. Everything sits sort of low to the bedside table or the desk or whatever you have it on. And when I say everything, it's because it's a three in one, not a one in one. So not only does it charge your phone in a MagSafe format. Uh, it charges your watch with a little pullout uh, stub that comes out of the side. And the nice part about this stub is even though it's low to the ground, it your watch sits on top of it. So gravity gets to be your friend. And hopefully if your watch band isn't pushing up too much, gravity keeps your watch on the um, 
you know, on the charger uh, for as long as you want it to be there. And then finally, it is three in one. Once the phone MagSafe thing is flipped up, there is a Qi pad underneath where the phone pad came or where the, yeah, where the phone MagSafe thing came from. And that's where you could put your AirPods or really anything that can fit in there that can charge Qi. On this one, because of the angle of the the way the top of the cube sort of opens up, you cannot put another, I couldn't put another phone in there to charge, um, but you could put AirPods in there and, and it works. And so for a travel three-in-one, like I said, it's 150 bucks, It's uh, but, and, but that's all because of the fact that it is truly MagSafe. Uh, as a travel charger, it the size is great, but it's heavy. It's like probably almost a pound. So, yeah, but it has to be so that when your phone's on it, it doesn't tip over. Um, so because it's not cantilevered or anything, it's just using its weight. So. I, but I would say for travel, if if you're not right up against weight limits, this is a great thing because it's super easy. You plug it in USB-C. Uh, it comes with a, a USB-C char- charging brick, but you can use any USB-C that's offering power delivery. And, and it's an- it's anchor. Right. So. Um, so there's that one. Right. And, and, and that's the, the anchor three in one. And then there is the Belkin mags, also MagSafe three in one. That one lists at 149. It sells for 130. On a bedside table, I like this one better. So if you really want MagSafe for your bedside table, I like the Belkin one better. It, uh, it holds things sort of separate and apart. Uh, it holds your phone up a little bit higher so you can actually have some stuff underneath it. The cheap pad on the bottom, it has this silly little tray that it's sort of like for MagSafe for uh, AirPods, but you can put a phone in there. I've done it. Uh, if you don't want MagSafe, though, there are the two others that we've talked about, and that is the 12 South High Rise, which is 99 bucks, which is a, the, sort of the all in one, three in one, very small form factor. And then there's the $40 one that Pete found for us that basically has a similar form factor it's not quite as elegant as the 12 south but it's less than half the price of the 12 south all of these work great uh, oh actually this isn't the one you found this is the the one that it's listener similar it's similar but this one has the light switch on it that you can actually turn the light off and then it just stays off forever um so you know if you're looking for one of these the 40 dollars one is hard to beat um yeah. it's i mean it's it's gonna cost you less than John's uh, Elago one at 27 plus two pucks. The question becomes what, you know, what's the durability? You know, is it a pay me now, pay me later? Does it last or not? You sure. Know, I've, you know, I've, I've what, some of those. Yeah. I've only had this, uh, this, this one for two, the $40 one for two weeks. And so, you know, check back in a year or, you know, but what? I will say even a magnetic charger uh, is better than, than a non-magnetic one because oh. I, I took my last chi charger uh, di- uh ski shooting uh, it was <laughs> i was so happy to get rid of that yeah thing. yeah um, yeah 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 no magnetic is the way to go and yes i i should say that i notice i've tested all of these at home i notice zero difference between the magsafe and the magnetic in terms of its utility to me uh, you know, it yeah. it's the difference between for my phone. It's the difference between, uh, you know, charging in two hours and charging in four hours. If I sleep less than four hours, I kind of got a 
I, you know, you got other things. I got other things going on. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the reality is if like, if, if I'm up late and I have an early flight or something, right? Like th- this would be a, yeah. a planned short cycle on my sleep. I would plug my phone in and let it charge. Cause it's, and it's always going to charge faster plugged in than it is on magnetic or MagSafe Cause you're not losing power to heat transfer. Right. So uh, it, yeah, it, it, um, it really makes zero difference to me uh, whether I have magnetic or MagSafe. So pick the form factor and the price that works for you. And I'd say, I'd say go for it, but at 40 bucks, I love these other things. I, I, I really do. I, I mean, the, the, that the, the anchor, like the, the way it works, like this will have a home in my travel bag for sure. But and I will add, if you really want to geek out, go YouTube uh, search on how electrical fields work. And that's how and why these things charge wirelessly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. Kind of, Cause I'm like, how can that do that? There's no metal contact there. What's really well, going what's on? What's happening? And, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Pretty cool. There's, there's some good videos on there. Hey, you know, here on Mac Geek, uh, we often do a lot of how to kind of things. We talk about how to fix problems or how to do new things. Well, if you like that, check out this new show, How To from Slate. Imagine if Dear Abby were an investigative reporter. Each week, Amanda Ripley takes on listeners' toughest problems and, with the help of experts, finds the answers to questions you've always wanted to ask but couldn't until now. Answers to questions about relationships, jobs, you name it. Slate's How To comes out weekly. Give it a listen wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks to Amanda and the team for doing this swap with us. All right. Uh... Let's see. We we have some of your questions. So let's 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 jump to some questions here and see if uh, and maybe we'll circle back to cool stuff found or, you know, I guess we're going to have to do the show next week because I don't think we're going to get to everything that uh, that we that we set out to get to. Brent writes, he says, I have a Mac studio with an M1 Ultra and 128 gigs of RAM. So Brent decided to kind of go go on the lighter side of of his uh, of his purchases here. He says, uh, I noticed after the Ventura upgrade that waking after waking the machine from sleep, it gets very laggy and sluggish. Everything has a delayed response of sometimes 10 or even 20 seconds. I use iStat menus and notice that these time, during these times, the Windows server process is using 90 to 100% of the CPU. A restart generally fixes it, but I was wondering if you have experiences and or have heard of similar issues. I assume it might be a Ventura bug, but I don't know if you can suggest anything that might help. Um, I am curious if you guys have seen this. I have, but I've seen it predating Ventura. It doesn't happen often, uh, but it does happen. And even in Monterey, there were some wake from sleep issues regarding Thunderbolt. And so my question is, as we're talking through this is, what Thunderbolt devices does Brent have? And do these Thunderbolt wake from sleep issues still exist in Ventura? And maybe that's what's going on. I haven't been been brave enough to let my computer go to sleep uh, since Ventura. I need to 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 test for all of you. But um, I hated getting to my computer and having my Thunderbolt devices be like, yeah, I'm not here anymore. So I don't know. Have you have you guys on your Ventura machines or or not on your Monterey machines? Have you seen Windows Server chewing CPU like this after wake from sleep? I have not. Uh, 
Nope. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking right now, and I think it's the second process on my list here, but it's only taken like 2%. Yeah, it's normal for it to be pretty common. Yeah, it really only 2%, because on mine, it's taking like 100 here. Um, but that's pretty normal because I'm running Google Chrome. What what OS are you on, John? Um, the prior one. Monterey. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, I wonder why Windows Server is taking up 100% for me. Maybe, <laughs> uh, I mean, it hasn't been negatively impacting the way we do the show, but, uh, mm-hmm. huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Is your video window, like, is it up on the screen, John, or no? Like, can yeah. you see it? Can I see? Can you see the video window? Because if it's if it's in the background, then yes. Okay, okay. So so like like it mm. it, it your machine is actively displaying the the live mm-hmm. video, huh? And you're still yeah. not getting that's interesting. Because you and I are both on Intel CPUs in mm-hmm. our studios, so it's interesting, huh? If y'all have oh, a I'm thought about this. If you have a thought about this feedback at MacGeekUp.com, we would love to. Wait, where? Feedback at MacGeekUp.com? Pete, I think he said feedback at MacGeekUp.com. Okay. Hey, speaking of Ventura, Bruce asks a question. (sighs) I can't believe we're still having these conversations, guys. Um, (laughs) In response to episode 953, where Dave ranted against some of the strange choices Apple made with Ventura's system settings. Hang on. (sighs) Okay. Uh, Brent Bruce, sorry, continues. What happened to the ability to shut down or restart the Mac on a schedule that used to be in the energy saver system preferences pane? I've used that feature for years to restart a server weekly. I've looked everywhere, says Bruce, and it appears that they have simply removed that feature completely. Hang on one second before I have thoughts about Okay. What the heck? Like, what the heck is going on here? Why? He, Bruce is right. So I set this on my machines that are running Monterey or running Ventura. I, I have weekly restarts set for all of my machines, including my laptop. My weekly restarts have been performing flawlessly since I have put Ventura on all of these machines. And this includes the Ventura betas that I put on my laptop. It still restarts every Friday morning. It's awesome. It's great. I love it. Great. I have no way to control this anymore. What is like, who is responsible for this? You have to write a shortcut to do that. I I mean, it'd be nice to be uh, native to the settings. It's, but it's native to the system. Like it's doing it already. Like it, like the, the, the setting for Monterey persisted. Now let's pretend I want to turn it off. Hey, Apple, it's Dave in Durham. I want to turn this setting off. Can you tell me where to go? I'll wait. Evidently, I'm going to wait a while. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Where, where, where are the crickets? <laughs> yeah, where are the crickets? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got them. I no, I definitely have. <laughs> I have the. Uh, I have the crickets somewhere here. Yeah, there they, there they are. Still Still waiting. waiting. <laughs> Still waiting. I I don't understand. Like. Even worse, if you go into the system settings and you search for restart, it points you to lock screen. 
I'm like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> I couldn't find it. Hey, hang on. They're, they're, I, I do have a, I do have, a, so here, here's how it goes. Um, Hey, Apple, uh, it's Dave here in Durham. Uh, I had set my Mac with Monterey, you know, using the system preferences there to restart every week. I'd like to change that schedule. How do I do it? Oh, the crickets stop immediately because Apple has a support article. Thanks to Brian Monroe in our discord chat. He shared this with me and, uh, it says in Mac OS Ventura 13, schedule your Mac to turn on or off in terminal. So we get to go back to our friendly PM set command and Apple is teaching us how to use this command in the terminal because someone was too lazy. They spent the time <laughs> to write a knowledge base article instead of putting the functionality that they already had in the freaking preference panes or whatever we're supposed settings panes or whatever we're supposed to call them. It seems to me you could create an automator applet to, well, no, because this is the, the system oh. doing it. It's it's not right. I mean, technically, yes, you could you could script this, but if yeah. you've already got it turned on, you can't turn it off by creating a shortcut. You right, gotta you right. gotta go change it in the terminal. It's like <sighs> Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Thank you for, for being my therapist, everyone. I appreciate it. I obviously needed this today. Right so, on. Yeah. I don't know. Looks like a big step backwards. Uh, uh, yeah, change is bad, right, John? That's what we named mm -hmm. that episode. Yeah. Hey, now, uh, uh, now uh, have I convinced you, Dave? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Maybe. Nicely played, John. Maybe. <laughs> so, hey, I, I do have one other quick tip that comes in Ventura, though. Okay. I, I'd love to share. Yeah. So, uh, in iOS 16, you know, you can edit and undo messages that you sent. Yeah. If you're in messages. Once you have Ventura, you can do the same thing, but how do you do it? You either command click. I use, you know, two finger click yep. on the message that you want to edit or unsend. So I just want to let people know that that, that functionality is in there in messages. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I right click cause I have the, yeah. the, but yeah, I guess on my, on my trackpad, I, 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 I just push two finger click. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a two finger click or do I push but it on mine? It is. I, yeah, th I think, yeah, right. it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, um, whereas, uh, yeah, if you just press and hold, You'll get the the exclamation point, the thumbs up, the thumbs down, yes. that sort of thing. You have to command clicks or double click on the trackpad to get the ability to edit or unsend. That's right. Yeah, it's weird. In the I'm in the studio now where I have a mouse, like an old school wired mouse. It's from Razer, R A Z E R. This thing is so old. I'm 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 embarrassed to show it to everyone because of how filthy this mouse is. Uh, but you know, it works. And so if it ain't broke, I haven't fixed it yet. How but, old is that mouse, Dave? Oh man. 15? Probably 15 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I would, nice. I would think so. Yeah. Um, Some things just work. That's it. And so, but the problem is up here in the studio, I can't think with my trackpad brain because I don't, I like, I'm thinking I right click, but in the office, I can't right click. I have a magic trackpad. It's like, so yeah. it's just, it's bizarre how the brain works. I, I, I love it. That's it, one of my favorite, you know, one of my favorite things. Wow, I almost closed out a stream yard thanks to that quirky bug that seems to still exist in Ventura. But it came over. I can't blame Ventura for this. They just haven't fixed it where sometimes a window stays active and you click and it drags it for you. If somebody has a fix for that, I would pay dearly because I hate when that happens. 
Okay. Welcome back, Dave. Thanks. Yeah, no, it's good to be here. Uh, Harvey has a question that I think we can actually help him with. I think, I hope. Harvey writes, ever since I updated my iPad to iOS 16.1, all of my text replacements have disappeared from settings general keyboard on that iPad. But they still exist on my iPhone and on my Mac. How do I get them back without having to re-enter every one of them on the iPad? I'm running the latest OS on each of the devices. This is one of my favorite questions of the week because in trying to solve this or help Harvey solve this, I learned a new thing. And the new thing that I learned is that you can back up your text replacements on your Mac. You go into settings, keyboard text replacements, then do a command A to select all, then right click and voila, there is an export option right there under an import option, which is how you'd bring these back in. And it creates a P list file that you can just save wherever you want. And, uh, you know, there it is. I learned a thing. I, I, I love it. Yeah. So that's the first step that I would do. If they exist on your Mac, save them so that just in case any of the things we're about to recommend that you try fail and blow them away because it's sinking. So who knows? But once I bat back them up, then I would make a change somewhere. The first place that I would make a change is on my Mac. I would add a new text replacement there and that should trigger a sync to happen. And hopefully when that sync happens, your iPad will inherit the, uh, you know, the everything. So that's the first place I do it. If that doesn't work, uh, confirm that it is syncing from your Mac to your iPhone. So that's another thing to just make sure that it's, it, you're, it's actually a problem with your iPad and not a problem with your Mac. Cause it's possible that your Mac and your iPhone aren't the, are the ones that aren't syncing and your iPad has this, you know, empty set from the cloud. I would try making a change on your iPad and see if that pushes to your Mac and maybe then the reverse happens. So this is the only way I've found to, sort of kick Apple sinking into gear is to make changes. Do you, John, do you have any other thoughts about how to kick Apple sinking into gear? Mm. Log, log out and log back in. I, I knew I, 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 I hoped that that was, was what would come out of your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Log out of iCloud and, and log back in. Yeah. I think that's, that's another good one. Yeah. Cause my expectation is that most of the, the iCloud, Sinks a lot of things, and mm -hmm. you may not, but sometimes it gets it wrong. It gets it, yeah. So exactly. you got to kickstart yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, while we're on this, let's keep the questions going because um, we've got a little bit of time, and we have a couple of geek challenges. So, John, you want to take us to Ralph's geek challenge here? Yeah, he's got a good one. So, Ralph says... Uh, decade plus listener, love the show. Thank you. We love you too. <laughs> um, and and to spread the love, uh, Ralph says I'm loving Air Tags. I have three deployed keys and two backpacks. I like that you can set the notifications to not fire when an item is left at a certain location, such as at home. Very helpful. What I would love to do is set my backpacks to not fire off a left-behind notification every time I get out of my car, but leave my backpack inside, which I do a lot when I'm out taking location pictures. 
but it appears the only exceptions you can include are physical locations, not other items or air tags. I thought about putting an air tag in my car, but there appears to be no way to say do not notify me, do not notify me about this item when it is near this other item, such as my backpack. Any thoughts on a hack? Um, I suppose I'm just up against limitations of the system as implemented so far. And in closing, don't get caught on the tracks when a train is coming. Oh, yeah. That's a good, good idea. That's a good place not to get caught. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. Um, man, you got me. Um, and as far as I can tell, the, the way it's set up is uh, by default, any AirTag-enabled item uh, sets home as the default location where it won't report that you left. And you can find this if you go to Find My, you click on one of your air tags, and then there's notifications. Yeah. And the default is noti notify when left behind, and it's on. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think the only thing you can do, it's kind of a hack... Well, you were looking for a hack, but I don't think this is going to satisfy you. But input the location that you're at. But oh. I know that's not really what you want. Yeah, you want it if it's in proximity to X, then, you know, so uh, Paul Franz in the chat suggests just turn off location services because that would disable it, which is true. Also, a hack. Turns off everything. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But like the idea... If if iOS were even more scriptable, that would be like it would be like so. The my idea is I don't think this is doable, but but I'll, I'll talk through it. Maybe this will trigger something for somebody. The idea being, okay, it the only way it works is by setting specific locations that will be in the not notify list, right? Like that's, that's just how it works. Okay. Yeah. So how do we put our cars, you know, parked location in the notify list? And so my thought would be, all right, well, we write a script and I'm, I'm making up a lot of functionality that I don't think exists, but we write a script that says when the car is parked, which is some signal that the phone definitely knows about because it will put your parked car on your map. Right. So when, uh, when the car is parked, set that location as a location where this specific air tag is safe to be left behind. Now, these are things that we could do ourselves, as you just pointed out, John. And so we just want to automate this thing that we could do ourselves so that we can save ourselves the hassle of having to do it ourselves. That's the whole point of automations. And while I don't think the hooks exist to be able to do that, that's how that would work for me. Like, that's how I would look to approach it. And then, you know, I, I always talk through these things, like with knowing that it's impossible, because sometimes it's like, well, that's not possible. But, but you know, there is that other thing that you could use and, you know, get there with with, you know, 15 steps instead of three. So that's. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Yeah. But, but it's something else you actually said in there that uh, and there's not many this people. Is that why have I this. say it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's just. It's, it's it's ancillary to what we were what you're talking about. Sure. And there's not many people that have the same problem that I do here. But I, I leave my car for months at a time in a parking lot with three thousand other cars. Put an air tag in that car. I can't tell you how many times I've walked the parking lot in Memphis looking for my air. Yeah. <laughs> 
And even though it, you know, it updates my parked car when I go home and I've and drive my other car, it updates my parked car there. And I get back that parked car is long gone. It's gone. Put an right. air tag in my airport car. Uh, um, that's, that's my new trick. That's, that's, that's $29 <laughs> well spent, man. Yeah. Yeah, yep. exactly. But yeah, but uh, there's oh. got to be, I bet, I bet uh, just like there's coming the ability to zoom on your, uh, sure. On the phone, on the iPhone camera, continuity camera, continuity. Yeah. Yeah. On continuity. Um, there's going to be the ability to be granular with your air tanks. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've always wanted, if I leave, you know, this with that, then it's all good. That's it, okay. Yeah. yeah it yeah. like, and I also wish that I could set, maybe you can somebody please tell me if I, if I can, and I'm just overlooking this, but like when I go to stay in an Airbnb, right. That is for whatever period of time I'm there, my temporary home. And it drives me nuts when I walk out my door and go to have dinner or get in the car and drive somewhere. And it notifies me that I left my iPad and my AirPods and, you know, four things behind. Then my suitcase even is yeah. left behind, but I, I am I because I did. I know I did. Like, thank goodness I did. I, it's good to know where they are. What I want though, is I know I could set the Airbnb as like the, you know, a, a place that is non notify. Don't notify me. It's cool to leave it here, but it's only cool to leave it there until a certain date. And then on that date, when I'm heading to the airport to fly home, I want, my phone to tell me like to know yeah i'd like to know so i would love to be able to set an expiration time like a temporary location it's cool to leave it here until the day before i'm supposed to leave and then on that day you start pestering me because a it it's more convenient but b it keeps me from from uh suffering notification blindness because if i get so used to every time i leave i gotta say yeah 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 whatever now I leave to go to the airport and it's four in the morning and I'm yeah, 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 whatever. Oh crap. You know, yeah. I left my iPad in Bolivia. Not that I've been to Bolivia, but you know, I'm sound- sure the Apple engineers are working on it as we speak, Dave. Yeah. They're hearing us. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to be able to trust that location temporarily is what I want. So yeah, I, I think we'll get there because, because that's a really common use case. And more importantly, I think it's a use case that Apple's engineers will experience and therefore want to solve now that people can travel again, right? Like the air tags came out in sort of a weird time, right? Like it, it traveling and staying in Airbnbs wasn't nearly as common over the past couple of years as it, as it has been in the past and is now. So yeah. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. I mean, the other thing you could do though, this is really a hack Yeah, is change your definition of home. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, that, that would solve a, the problem, but then you have to keep changing it from where you are to, but you can have multiple, multiple trusted locations for your air tags. Oh, okay. Right. right? I, I mean, I, I know that I like, you can do that. Yeah. You can have multiples. You just, you can't, I haven't, I don't know of a way to set a, um, time so yeah you don't need to change your home location you just need to no. yeah you just need to set another location as the trusted location because people do this at home and work all the time like that's a pretty mm-hmm. yeah 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 so yeah you just go in um to uh to your air tag and and when in the same place where you turn on notify when left behind you can say new location and add locations right, right. there but but i don't believe that 
there is the ability, and I, you know, I'm going to check this because uh, if and, I can solve my own problem, that would be amazing. And I think amazing. the thing with Ralph is that his location is not predictable. It sounds like he has multiple locations. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, you can either just add all of them. Yeah, but he wants it to be variable. He wants his oh, car I, I, to yeah. be the, you know, the safe place, mm-hmm. not some location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, <clears throat> excuse me, there's no way to set a, um, yeah, a time limit or anything like that. But it could be. So, yeah. All right, cool. If you folks have an idea as to how to hack this, though, while we're waiting for Apple to do it the right way, feedback at com. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, all good things must come to an end. And no, that means this go. show, too. We have another great geek challenge that I really was hoping to get to because it fits for me. We have, uh, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm, 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 I'm going to. One more cool stuff found the Soundcore Sleep A10 earphones. These are built to wear while you sleep. And the cool part about it is that they fit so comfortably in your ears that I could sleep with them no problem. And they also have, like, you can play your music or whatever you want through them. They don't have microphones in them. Um, You can play music or you could watch a show on your iPad or, you know, whatever you want. Uh, But they also can play, uh, you know, soothing sounds to help you get to sleep. Pete. These what on an brand anchor, are they? They are Anchor. They're Soundcore, it, 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 which is okay. one of Anchor's brands. Yeah, they're they're the Soundcore Sleep A10s. I, I I've all, I've been looking for something that I can wear in my ears on an airplane that is comfortable when I start to nod off and you know my head hits like my little inflatable pillow yeah. next to me or whatever. Like and this hundred percent. Like I was able to hold my hand against my ear with these in, and I didn't even notice that there was something in my ear. So active noise canceling. Uh, no, no, they are passive. They are, they seal. And that's, that's the end of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, I'm trying to find the, I had a thing up for them, but you know, now I, oh yeah, there they are. Yeah, no, they are, they are just, they, they just seal everything out. They block 35 DB of, of noise. So I don't okay. think no, they're, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. I don't think they're, it's passive. Yeah. Yeah. It's passive. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So yeah, it's a, it's a cool little thing. So. There you go. I put it in the show. That's it. I got one more. Um, yeah, thanks for hanging out with us, folks. Yeah, thanks. I can't tell you. You know, in the middle of the night, one dies, and I have to put the other one in and roll over and sleep on my other side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Yeah, exactly. No, no, it's all good. It's passive. You, you can just have them off, and they they block that, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, they're super comfortable. They figured it out. Thanks for hanging out with us, folks. Make sure to go check out So There I Was, which is Pete's show. Make sure to check out our sponsors, ZocDoc.com slash MGG. Our thanks to Cashfly for providing all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for sharing the show with all of your friends. Please share the show with all your friends. I was about to call you Johnny Boy. I've never called you Johnny, let alone Johnny Boy, as long as uh, we have known each other. So I'm not going to do that. Mr. John F. Braun, can you help us uh, wrap things up here with perhaps some pithy advice? I'm going to wrap things up and put a bow on top. (laughs) 
And what, what does the bow say? The bow says, don't get caught. Made on a Mac. Oh, I screwed it up. I was going to play the, the thing and I hit the escape button and, you know, I don't, I like, whatever. 